Anita, how's your mental health? <laughs> Questionable <laughs> at all times. You know this. Yeah. How's the mental health of your children? Um, also a little bit tricky. Can I tell you my experience in trying to find therapists for myself and my kids, Mel? Yes, please. Okay. This is how it goes. You ask around your friends and your family for a referral for somebody who's nearby. You finally find somebody who sounds like they might work for your family. You give them a call and you find out that A, they're not accepting new patients or B, they have a huge wait list. So you start over again and you ask people if they know anybody who would be a good therapist and a good fit. Finally, you find one, you go and you meet with them and you figure out that you don't actually like them that much. But it's been so much work to find somebody who you can go to in your area that you're kind of stuck with them. Well, do you have any ideas for how to get around this? Um, I do, because guess what? I've actually had some therapists that I have found on my own, which involves what you're saying. Sometimes I remember one time I was like three hours in the bathtub on my phone looking through yeah. websites. I was such a prune at the end. But I have also had the experience with working with BetterHelp and it was like, I, I don't want to say too good to be true, but because it is true, but it's like amazing because I was matched with my therapist within 24 hours. And you didn't have to go through all of that other ridiculous process of trying to find somebody. And here's the cool thing too, is if that person didn't work out for you, you can just switch and say, and it's not like you're committing to another years long search for somebody who you're going to jive with. It's true. And I lucked out or maybe just BetterHelp is really good at matching people together because I never had to change my therapist. I loved her. Perfect fit for me. And I know that some of our friends have used BetterHelp and they've had to change therapists and boom, same day can change. Easy peasy. You can ghost your therapist. <laughs> Get a new one. I love this idea. BetterHelp is one of our sponsors. If you use our promo code, trybetterhelp.com slash WWDN, you get 10% off your first month and we totally recommend it. Yes. Get some therapy. That's <laughs> trybetterhelp.com slash WWDN. Anita, remember when we recorded this already and we got haunted? Yes. So here we are again. We're recording it again. We're sorry that the episode is out late, but it's because yesterday technology was not our friend. No, it was haunting us even during our interviews. It was like insane. Yeah. So uh, let's do this again, shall we? Yeah. <laughs> here we are again. Let's see if we can remember what we said or not. Yeah, maybe it will be totally new. Um, I had a major aha moment, Mel. What? My aha moment is that you and I have been fake married for longer than you were actually married to Scott. Does that blow your mind? Yeah. That's so yeah. freaking weird. Yeah. So he's been dead and we've known each other for longer than you guys were actually married to each other. Okay. It's okay. kind of a ripoff for you. Help me do the math. Oh, I know. My whole life is a ripoff. <laughs> like, let's yeah. be honest. Um, okay. So he and I were married almost two years. Mm-hmm. And then you and I have known each other for at, like, well, like at least three and a half years. Like for real knowing each other. Not yeah, like yeah, yeah. we are in junior high and I'm scared of your haircut. Yeah. I was scared of it too. Let's be honest. <laughs> Can we please do Anita through the years school pictures? Because you guys, it's the best. Oh, it's my favorite thing. It's amazing. You have um, the best jackets too. So now I feel like you're stalking me at junior high. 
No, you just showed me all the pictures and then I remember. Oh, oh, those ones. I know what you're talking about. Okay. Yeah. So uh, that was an interesting little like, whoa, that's crazy. What made you think about it? I have no idea. I don't (laughs) understand my brain at all ever. So I don't know. Yeah, it's weird because I don't even know what to think about it all. Even being married to Scott, it's like it was so short. And then he died, which was so sudden. And it just seems like I've kind of been in a tornado of trauma since then. And lots of change and trauma stacked on top of each other. And so, like, I don't even think I have a concept of time anymore. But that is so weird. But you know what's weird? Oh, seeing videos of Scott. Like, I saw a little clip of him. His brothers found this clip of him on a ro- like not a roller coaster you know those things you sit in and they like slingshot you and they oh yes it? no i never want to do that but well, i know what you're talking about they went on one and you know they record it for you and scott was laughing like an evil witch <laughs> child girl it was the best because he was pretty loud with his laugh and so it was interesting to see him and see his body like alive and moving and laughing and him being himself. But I was like, oh my gosh, I forgot what that was like. And also Mm -hmm. I didn't have lots of time with him. So I think part of my mind shuts that stuff off. Yeah. Mine too, even though we were married for a long time. Like we've talked about how it's like they're a dream or they're not real. It's like they kind of live in this like other plane of existence now. And I have to like focus on Jason to think about him. It's weird. So weird. Well, that is wild. Yes, you have been my fake wife, fake widow wife, real widow wife, fake wife. Right. Non-touching wife. So that actually came up in the Widow Wives Club this week sometime. Um, The Widow Wives Club is sort of a misnomer because it has nothing to do with being a wife or a female at all. It just means that you have lost your person. And because Mel and I started calling each other um, widow wife and then somebody else was like i need a widow bestie so that's why the club is named that so if you're thinking that you don't belong there because you happen to be male or non-binary or whatever you Not do belong married there. yeah or unmarried yeah you totally belong there okay you Just know so you it's know. so funny then like the two out of three words in the title <laughs> i know are, are I interchangeable <laughs> sorry it's a everyone. misnomer <laughs> yeah hopefully you get it But once you understand the concept, like it makes sense. We're trying to just give you a community of widowed people to be able to understand and to give advice and and help each other out. So it's a great community. Join us there if you want to. Mel. What? I have to tell you something that happened on my cruise that secretly I already told you, but now you get to hear it again like you heard it the first time. Uh, I forgot (laughs) already. So go. Perfect. So uh, we were sitting at breakfast one morning. My kids were all with me and I look over at this table, a couple tables over, and there is a lady, well, three ladies, one's a little older and then the two were kind of middle-aged. And one of the ladies just had like tears in her eyes and I kept looking at her and then looking back and then looking at her and looking back. And I was like, I know what this face is. I know exactly what's going on. Not exactly, but like. I recognized, yeah. Hypoglycemia. <laughs> no. <laughs> she was eating food, so she oh, was okay. good. But finally, I got up 
And I walked over to her table and I like touched her on the shoulder and I was like, I'm so sorry about whatever is going on. Like, I see that you're just having a really hard time. And her sister, I found out it was her sister was like, oh, her son, her son died by suicide. And I was just like, I recognize that the look on your face from over there. And I just could not keep myself from going over there and talking to her. So I met her and I heard about her son and I just like wanted to give her a big hug and tell her I was sorry because it's so hard. Like I could see in her eyes that she's in this environment where she's supposed to be having a happy, fun time, but she was feeling all of these feelings of like sadness that something was missing out of her life. So then I was like, I'm so sorry that this strange woman just came to your table and started talking to you. And my kids are like, mom, They're so <laughs> like, I'll be right back. It it's fine. <laughs> so how did the lady respond to you? She thanked me. She was like, thank you so much. You know, like I asked her about her son and, and, um, talked a little bit about him. And, and so I'm, I'm sure it was kind of weird at the same time, but I think like overall, it probably felt nice to be seen and to like be validated and not feel weird about crying in the dining room at a, on a cruise ship. Did you tell her about Jason and everything Mm -hmm. and how you're like, I'm here for the first time without him. And like, here's my kids. Yes. And her son has the same name as one of my kids. So that was kind of a fun, kind of sad little connection. But oh, you're good yeah. at that, at spotting the grief from afar. Well, yeah. I mean, you, I could just see. And I would felt that way a few times while we were out and about. Like, oh, I'm just missing the person I want to be sharing this with. So anyway, I was like. <laughs> good job, Anita. You did your comforting duty. Yeah. Um, tell us about your uh, trip to Arizona. You came back. I drove to Arizona and the entire time it was pouring rain and Which is weird. so cold. Yeah. Like I packed shorts and all this stuff. No, I had to keep rewashing the same outfit that I brought from Utah, but it was good. It was uh, me and Scotty dog and we got down there and just chilled out and I watched a lot of true crime. So I guess that's similar to my normal life, but it was good to see my friends. Um, we did go see the Tom Hanks movie. What's it called? A Man Named Otto? Yeah, I think so. And uh, I was not prepared at all for the descriptiveness of things in there. So warning to everybody, if you decide to see that movie, there are many many descriptive depictions of suicide attempts and the guy is a widower with no kids so i was like i see you and your pain even though it's a movie uh it just i mean i knew it was about a guy that was grumpy that had lost his wife mm-hmm. and then oh yeah i'm gonna put some spoilers in here so if you are gonna see it number one just no make sure you're emotionally okay before you see it and you kind of prepare yourself and then number two fast forward like a minute if you don't want to hear spoiler alerts so yeah the guy the guy i was like i understand this pain of isolation and you don't have anybody else and i understand the like thinking of i don't want to be here anymore and then thinking of like how and that is scary and then you know of course i've like been on that journey for a while and so i'm on medication and stuff and i don't it's not anything that's wrong with me or with other people that go through this. It's like our brains are just like heavy with trauma, right? But it was so hard to see like that realness for me depicted. I've never seen it 
like that before. Um, so it was pretty brutal for me. I was like ugly crying, sobbing in the theater. And there's a dead body at the end that you see. And it reminded me of when I saw my dad. And then it reminded me of how I did not see Scott for a couple days. Um, so there's full a lot of things. There's a, there's a pregnancy loss in there too. Um, I mean, there's kind of like everything is in there. So, uh, so care, be careful. Is, this is such an interesting like thing to think about because you and I are always griping about how the media gets widowhood like completely wrong and it's always like the Hallmark movie. But then when we get something to us that seems to get it right, then we're like, oops, too close to home. Like, I can't deal with that. So then I'm like, well, gosh, <laughs> what are they supposed to do? It's the same thing as that one that's on Netflix. Um, I think it's called From Scratch. Yeah, well, and what's that about? It's about a lady whose husband dies from cancer, I believe. And I've heard from a lot of people. And it's a true, like a real widow wrote wrote the book and it's based on that. And people are like, I couldn't, like, it was so emotional to watch it because it was like, it was true to life. So now I'm not sure if we should just actually have Hallmark movies because the true to life <laughs> ones are, are more traumatic for us. So I don't know. Okay. Side note, my mom yesterday came downstairs and she's like, I really need your help. What, mom? Can you help me add the Hallmark add-on to this channel? Like, oh, <laughs> Sylvia, we're so different. Can I? Oh, <laughs> I want the so lifetime funny. one. So- <laughs> I know it's true. You're you're right. Um, I think it was too real for me, and I don't know what that line would be on real life depictions. You know, here's my yeah. problem I have with this particular one. There is no suicide content warning at all in, in the, the beginning. beginning. Yeah, and they don't talk about it. Like everyone's like, it didn't. You didn't see that in the previews. Well, of course, because then nobody would go. But. Um, it, there's the thing after that says, if you have suicidal thoughts, call this number, but not before. I think if I had known about those other things before, I would have been prepared. Because I'm, I'm like, okay, well, I can deal for the most part with things being sad or hard, or a guy lost his wife and he's sad, you know. But it was really descriptive about the suicide stuff. And so I don't – yeah, I don't know. I think that's tricky. And Here's another question. What? So then the question is, are the movies like that meant for widows and widowers or are they meant for the muggles? Like, is it something that they should see so they get a, a deeper glimpse into what it's really like and we should avoid them? I don't know because my mom saw it and she said she was okay. Like, mm -hmm. she kind of took it as I think the general public would. And I think because my mom does not struggle with like suicidal ideation sorts of things or passive mm -hmm. suicidality, she was able to be like, oh yeah, I see like how they're making this into a little funny part, even though it's very dark. Um, but it's been helpful, like, cause I posted about it in the Widow Wives Club and it was really helpful for me to see some of the comments because some of them were, thank you for letting me know. Now I'm going to wait to see it in the comfort of my own home when it's streaming. And I'm like, ah, that, that would have been a better option for me. Like not, I'm like, I'm in the theater. I'm with my friends. I'm not okay. I'm ugly crying. Now they're going to feel bad that they invited me because they thought they warned me, but they didn't even know. Like at the end, she's my friend. She's like, I'm so sorry. I'm like, you didn't know. You told me what the previews were. And they read the book too. And so, um, and then there were some 
that saw it and they were like, yeah, I saw it and I was sad, but I'm okay feeling feelings and it's fine. So I don't know the answer. I I really truly don't. I I think it's different per person, but I I would say if you struggle with things like that and being in public and feeling trapped, wait till it's streaming. And if you don't care, then go see it or don't. What do you think? I think I will wait to see it. Definitely. I mean, I don't go to movies anyway, but um, yeah, I I have to really be in a mood to want to dip my toe into that kind of a thing. Like I have to really be intentional about it. Um, usually I just like to watch things that make me feel an escape from that. So um, it's not often that I actually go into it looking for those experiences. But it's then I'm annoyed in- when I see like the the inaccurate ones. I know. Whatever. It's weird because like even the way that people were telling me what it would be like, like my friends and other people, they're like, oh, I thought it would be mostly like funny, hmm. but dark. And it was kind of the opposite. Um, and I've had friends that have seen the Swedish version because it's based off a book, which I have and I haven't read it yet. And I actually read some of the first few pages and I'm like, I feel like the book is going to be easier on me and better than the movie um but my friends that saw the swedish one they're like i didn't feel like it was so overboard with the dark ideation stuff in the swedish one it was kind of 50 50 like humor and darkness I'm like mm-hmm. i can handle that i think but then i was like well was this one 50 50 or did i my brain make it like 90 10 right um i don't know there it was just that was a thing so it knocked me out for like two days i was not okay and now i'm fine I drove back and I'm back here. I know of other people who are not in the grief community who also were like, this really needed a content warning on it. People really? who struggle with suicidal ideation. Yeah, they were like, they needed to have that on the beginning of that because if that's part of your struggle in this life, like that's not a movie you want to go into without knowing about that. So anyway, you're not alone in that. Like, whoa, folks, let's uh, let's let people know about that before they... I know that when my brain goes there, it doesn't go all the way there, but it does go there. And because I saw the movie, I gained knowledge of details Hmm. of, you know, of the ideations. Yeah. And that part's scary because it's like, you didn't need to know that. You don't want to know that if you're trying to actively not get your brain to think those things. And now, you know. Yeah. I don't know. Do you think like people online or like i don't know i don't how do people do this do you think they're complaining to the people that made the movie and they're like you need to put a warning on this yeah probably i i mean i don't i don't know like they're probably writing letters posting them to hollywood like with I, snail mail yeah i have no <laughs> idea but i'm sure i'm sure that they pay attention to the you know twitter and instagram and things like that so i know there have been posts written on it Oh, good. Okay. So, yeah. Because I'm yeah. like, I I would love to add my voice to it, but I'm also like, I'm tired and I'm traumatized yeah. and I don't know if I have energy for it, but I hope someone does it. Someone do it. <laughs> so okay. with that being said, Mel, it is time for our listeners to help us out again. We want to do another episode where we share your stories. And the topic this time is bad dates and yeah. dating profiles and and dating app 
interchanges. In that sounded weird. Like you know, like a- the message exchanges yes. screenshots of interactions. Yes. Please. We want you to please email those to us. Somebody posted one in the Widow Wives Club today. They did. So we know they're out there. Um, we want to recreate them or talk about them. So whether it's been like a date where you went and the person was super weird or like you broke down crying about your dead person or whatever, send it over. We want to make an episode about that. What if they want to just use like a scammer dater interchange? Yeah, sure. Like, come on, guys. Keep all. it funny and dark whatever. Yeah. So send those to us, widowwedonow at gmail.com, and we will try to do them justice as we share your stories. And it will be anonymous, so you don't need to worry about us sharing your name or or whatever. Yeah. And don't worry, we're going to role play. Because <laughs> Anita be loves to play the doctor of surgery. <laughs> medical surgery. That's Major, Medical surgery doctor. Um, Guys, <laughs> by the way, the, the episode coming up, it's really good. I was a complete disaster during it because I found out like five minutes right before that the um person that I had dated before, there was some stuff I found out after the fact, right before the podcast that was like very triggering and traumatizing and um, of the betrayal uh, line of category or whatever. So I was like... <laughs> I couldn't even like participate. So it's basically an interview of Anita interviewing the person. And sometimes they check in on me and they're like, are you still there? And I'm like, yeah, yes. <laughs> so that's what happened. I'm retiring from anything dating for a- another long time, probably 20 years. We're just keeping it real again for you, letting you see inside the experience of the widowed person. So uh, yeah. that should be interesting. I well, I mean, I I know. I think if this were a normal podcast, it would be like, let's just make it all sound professional. But we're here to keep it real. And this is real. Having a hard time even just discussing the topic or or thinking about it. So right. good job, Anita, though. Thanks for taking so- one for the team. I guess we should also warn people that this is about dating. So that's a sensitive topic for you. You don't have to listen. Or if you want to just listen to see what the like, <laughs> what the circus of it is, then then join us. And um, you know what? It was nice to to actually hear what you guys talked about because the first time I just was like heave sobbing. So it's actually not very bad. Perfect. As far as uh, like triggers. <laughs> if you want to keep the podcast going, check out our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash WWDN. It's a great platform that allows us to keep making the podcast. And you guys, we really, really appreciate the support. It's truly what lets us keep doing this. If you would like ad-free episodes and a shout-out in episode, starting at the $10 level and up, you may join Patreon. And we are going to do our episode right meow. Okay. We're going to start with our secret dead husband, and to her, we say, we always make up a silly song. Widow, you don't have to put on the red light. What is that? Roxanne. Oh, <laughs> Constance Dalbeck. That was a rough one. David Kelly. John Satterwhite. Emily Wesenberg. Evelyn Flores. Gail Bell. Heather Mullins. Ivan the Meisner, TMTM. Kat. Krista Waite. Maya Glasser. Neil Hooper. Becky Zeba. Sam Finlayson. Karen Cornejo. Amber Alaniz Vela, Amy Hartman Martel, Amy Neal, Ashley Hahn, Barbara Schneeberger, Brenda Younger, Brittany Pedro, Chris Steffen, Cindy Wilkerson, Connie Remich, 
Danielle Ketterberg. De- not a Debbie Downer. Dennis Brazo. Jean Marie Massey. J2. Jenny Taylor. Jennifer Beale. Jennifer Brown. Jesse Johnson. Carol Schultz. Lara Aguirre Penner. Lauren Old. Lisa Hardman Powell. Lou Clausen. Our Auntie Marie Hoffman. M.K. Anderson. Meg Murto. Patricia Wiest. Rachel Barbosa. Sarah Morris. Simone Fu. Sunshine Haven. Alicia McAllister. Welcome. Amy Burke. Anne Drennan. Anna Tracy. Audrey Henniger. Serena Bohr. Did I say it right? I, I know so. she's told us. <laughs> Christina Scambato. Christine Anderson. Sydney Raynaud. Don Barber. Debbie Fells. Deborah Westwood. Diana Becker. Doris Reichel. Yes. Eileen Stevens Dem. Emily Toledo. Eric Vandermeulen. Aaron Posick. Gabe Lozano. Gia Benoit. Gina Haas. Ian Cini. Eliana Bell. Jackie. Okay, are you ready? Jan. Calaruso Seeley. Yes. Jane. Another secret one. Jennifer Davis. Jenny Armstrong. Jenny Barrow. Jenny Dipold. At JesusJocelynMilo.com. I need to know what you're talking about there. Johnny Walker. <laughs> Never. Judy Malkin. Julie Stevenson. Karen Ochoa. Karina Jacobo. Kathy Murray. Katie Getz. Katie Radcliffe. Kara Scara. Kevin Ferry. Chris Morgan. Laura Keeley. Linda. Welcome. What? Yes, Lindsay Kanaka. <laughs> yeah! My, my reign of terror is over. <laughs> Marjorie Lewis, I love you so much. Marianne Hammond. Marianne McDonald. Mary McGowan. Melissa Bowers. Melissa Hancock. Naomi Brown. Rachel with no last name. And Rachel with a last name of Tang. Rebecca Olemaker. Robin Flam. Stacy Saywert. Tammy Taravest. Tara Wallace. Trenton Thompson. Congrats to Ms. Valerie Packer on the role of... What's the mom's name in Matilda? That's what she got. Oh, I don't know. Can't remember. You should know you were like the music director. For on Matilda's time. mom. I know I, I know I music directed it, but I forgot. <laughs> I'm going to do this one because this is very important and very special. And finally, we have... <clears throat> Jockstrap Shot Glass... Dogs barking in the background. Underwear holder. Tree ornament, Wendy. What in the world? All right. Thank you to everybody who supports us on Patreon. If you want to check it out, it's patreon.com slash WWDN. If you'd like to buy us tacos, go to buymeacoffee.com slash widow. We do now. Uh, And if you don't want to do any of those things, give us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. Nope, those are the same thing. Give us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It really helps people to find us when they need us. And you can also get our app. It's free. It has access to all of the things that we have aforementioned here. So do it. Should we get to the episode? Yeah. All right. I'm Anita. I'm Mel. We are two young widows trying to help you figure out widow. We do now. This episode is sponsored by the Meisner Family Foundation in memory of Elizabeth Meisner. Everybody, I just need to tell you that Mel is a disaster and she's a disaster kind of for the topic that is at hand today. So I think it's a little bit appropriate. And also, I'm sorry, Mel, are you going to 
Are you going to make it? I'm here. I took a half a clonopin so I can get through. My heart hurts for you, actually. <laughs> I can feel it. This is going to be an exciting interview because our guest today has her own podcast, her own widow podcast, and it has a specific topic that we know a lot of people are interested in and want to know more about. And it's a sticky, sticky topic. That's a weird topic. So here's the funny thing about this is that her podcast, she hosts it anonymously. So hello there, friend. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Mel and I have been discussing what we're going to call her and uh, we don't know. It's going to be like Jane Doe or like Francesca, Veronica, just Susanna, roll with all of them. Isabella. I'll go with whatever you call me. <laughs> well, do you want to tell us where you are recording from? I do. Yes, that's fine. I'm right outside of Chicago. Excellent. So let's back up and let's get your story. Can you, you want to tell us a little bit about you and about your person and those things? Um, so my husband and I met when we were like 21, we were waiting tables at a restaurant and we like, it was one of those things where you just know, and we were engaged after five months of dating. So it all happened really quickly. I was still in college and uh, so I finished college. So we kind of did it like a long distance thing for like two years. Um, got married 10 days after I graduated college. <laughs> and I would say things started off rocky. Like, really? It, yeah, it, it was interesting. Like, it was great. But also, we were really kind of running parallel. We weren't like integrating into each other's lives. So he had his friends and I had mine. And we weren't doing a good job prioritizing each other and we went through some shit and like a really hard, Oh, I'm not supposed to curse on this one. I'm no, sorry. you can say shit. Okay, great. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> Mel and Anita's mom. Thank you. Um, <laughs> it's only the F bomb that they okay. can do. Okay, good. Um, so anyway, we needed a change of scenery. We moved to Madison, Wisconsin for a while and then started having babies and things got really, really, really good after that. It was like, we kind of recommitted to each other and to this life together and, um, like built friendships in our life together. Like you're supposed to when you're married and it was really beautiful. We were very involved with our church together. We were, we we're really each other's best friends. Um, and you know, kind of like that couple that people are like, we we could see it in you guys. You really loved each other. You guys had it all. We had it all. And I, th I thought about that. Like, that wasn't lost on me. I spent a lot of time being like, damn, this is good. I've, <laughs> we've really got it all. Um, And then in 2020, seven weeks into the pandemic, we just had like a family gathering outside for my brother-in-law's engagement. And we did some day drinking, champagne and the like. And... That night, he just started um, having really severe stomach pain, and I was pissed. I was like, "Ugh, what? Like, did you drink too much? What do you, you know?" He was ruining the good day with his well, yeah. annoying sickness. He, well, and it was like so out of nowhere. I was just like, yeah. "Anyway, he's like, I think I need to go to the hospital." But it was COVID, mm -hmm. so we were trying really hard to avoid the hospital. But then it had gotten really, really bad. We actually lived right across the street from the hospital. So the kids were sleeping and I was like, I'm just going to run you over there. I'll drop you off at the ER and I'll see you tomorrow. 
and I dropped him off at the ER. And um, like, as I said, I was annoyed. I like basically pushed him out the door. I was like, oh, see ya. I mean, there's a little more backstory as to why I was annoyed, but whatever. Yeah. Um, and so that was the day before Mother's Day. So on Mother's Day, he was in the air. I got a call. They were sending him to the ICU. And um, they're just basically like his organs are shutting down. And just and, from a little day drinking of champagne for your, was it your sister-in-law or your sister's? Yeah, my brother-in-law. There. Turns out that it was acute pancreatitis. Oh, interesting. So, um, he had a sensitivity to alcohol that we didn't really realize that just kind of, he was like a social drinker, you know, in mm-hmm. retrospect, I'm like, he drank too much, but it was never, he was never like a problematic drinker. It was more like he was the life of the party and it just caught up to him, I guess. And his body started rejecting it. And so that night at like 3 a.m., I got the call that he was gone. What? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, wait. You dropped him off at the hospital at what time? Like in the evening? Like 11 p.m. Mm-hmm. And he died by 3 a.m.? Uh, the next day. There was like a one day where so he like was in the ICU. 26 hours. Yeah. 28 hours. Yeah. That is bonkers. Sometimes we assume that unless we had a huge life insurance payout, we don't really need to know anything about investments or even finances. But guess what? A little knowledge of finances is critical for all of us. Maybe your partner was in charge of that stuff, and now you find yourself making all the decisions. Maybe you're mad about that. Maybe I am. Nicole from the He's Gone But The Money's Not podcast is here to help. She tackles financial literacy by telling the stories of women and widows and finance experts and shares the lessons they've learned as certified financial planners. Whether you know a lot and feel confident in your financial decisions or feel unsure about all of that stuff, there is more to learn. Listen and subscribe to the He's Gone But The Money's Not podcast on all podcast platforms. This ad was paid for by Rock House Financial, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Yeah, it was, it was totally wild. I mean, you know, and we went to bed that night and the doctors and nurses were like 95 to 99% chance he's totally fine. He'll recover. He'll be here a few days. We'll keep an eye on him. Wow. Yeah. So how old was he when he died? 39. And how old were your kids? Um, Five and seven. And I was 37. Oh gosh. Okay. Let's just take a moment to be like, what the, oh. yeah. Yeah. So this also happened right as COVID was starting. Mm-hmm. So yeah. your social network and the people who would be able to support you in normal circumstances, talk to us about how that worked out. Yeah. I mean, so also, yeah, like I was teaching kindergarten at the time. Um, mm. So that was fun. Like I, you know, that day I just stepped out. It was May May yeah. 11th. So I was just like, I'm done for the year. Um, and I would say our really close people, family, and like our two really close family friends, we were all just sort of like, forget COVID. This is more important. Yeah. You know, you need us and we'll be there. So 
when everybody else was like holed up in their house that summer, my kids and I drove out to Colorado with my cousin and spent two weeks out in Crested Butte, just hiking and being outside. And um, that actually really started like a huge desire in me to just kind of like get out of here. Mm-hmm. And I've done a lot of travel since because it feels so good to get away from home. That's so interesting that you talk about that because recently I feel like I've taken a backslide. Um, Mel's a disaster and I'm a disaster, but she's Mm. just an acute disaster right now. And I find myself fleeing. I have recognized Mm. that I'm actually fight or flighting and I'm flighting. I'm like leaving my house and I'm like, we're going to drive here and we're going to go do that. And I'd never really recognized that before, but I kind of wonder if it was the same also in you, like we just have to go somewhere other than here because like life just exploded and this isn't comfortable. And so we have to go somewhere else and be somewhere else to do this. Yeah. And so it doesn't just feel like you're doing the same thing all the time, except without your husband. Yeah. Banging your head against the wall. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, (laughs) let's go bang our head against the wall in a Canyon somewhere. Maybe, you know, it'll be a a little more enjoyable. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Oh gosh. Francesca. Vanellope von Schmutz. What did you? That's my tell- name. Yeah, for now. <laughs> what did you tell your kids when their dad died? Oh like, God, he was fine, and then he's yeah. dead. How do you yeah. say that? Um, so they knew he was in the hospital for that day, and it was just like he has a tummy ache. He'll be fine. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I that was that was the crazy part of that night. Cause like my dad was there with me. We sat up from 3 AM until they woke up at like eight and all like, you know, just circling. What do I say? What do I say? I think I ended up saying, you know, how daddy had a tummy ache. Well, it got really bad and the doctors did everything they could and they tried really hard, but he, he died. And I mean, I don't, I don't remember exactly, you know, I think I try, it was really important to me to make it so that they didn't like blame the doctors for him dying. Cause I don't want them with like, with like a lifelong yeah. trauma response to doctors. Um, I don't, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> I don't know. My dad said I handled it well. <laughs> Good job, dad. I identify yeah. with that waiting until they wake up to tell them that news. And then mm-hmm. like, it's so hard because it's like you said, you don't want to give them issues for the rest of their life related to how, how everything went down. You know, you don't want them to think that if they get a tummy ache that they're going to die. Yeah, exactly. You know, so that's such a hard thing. My little guy who was five at the time, he said, um, the first thing out of his mouth was, well, I didn't see that one coming. (laughs) I know. I know. I was like, what? And then he goes, this is really sad because I'm just a little boy. And I was like, what are you doing to me? I know. It's like the sweetest, funniest, cutest thing. I know. He said, I wish I could have had him at least until I was like 12 or maybe even 20. And I was like, yeah, or like 60, (laughs) you know? Um, Yeah. So they are, they are 10 and eight now. Okay. Yeah. Tell tell me about how it is to be um, parenting them by yourself. Oh man. I mean, it's getting easier, I think, because they're getting older. Mm -hmm. Um, And I finally feel like I have the stability enough to be like, okay. 
I need to stop like coddling them. They need to grow up and mature like regular kids do. And like, they need to start helping around the house and they need to, I was so worried about like giving them stuff to do and making them feel like, yeah, after my dad died, my mom made us do everything. You know, I had this complex that they were going to like, think they had to be the parent. Their lives are already ruined and I'm just ruining them more by making them put their laundry away. Yeah. Yeah. I was worried about that, but now (laughs) I'm starting to do that and it's helpful. Mel is still here, everybody. Yes. At some point in time, you wanted to step into the dating pool. Yes. Kind of. I mean, okay. Tell us about that. Yeah. So my story is, I mean, I, the moment my husband died, you know how there's, you go through these like crazy cycles of thought and mm-hmm. you're like, what about Christmas? What about their wedding? What about, you know, whatever. One of mine was like, I hope I'm not alone forever. Yeah. Like I just, I knew, I knew I would want to date again at some point. Um, And I kind of like set this arbitrary date in my mind. Like I'll get through the first year and then I'll think about that. And, you know, most of that first year, it's like, this is not forefront. It is kind of just back there. But I did like little things like texted the only two single men in the world that I knew (laughs) just for attention, you know, Um, which of course led nowhere and I didn't really want it to, but I would like envision kissing these boys. (laughs) Um, but I know the reason I like sort of jumped into dating is because I ended up, um, making out with my brother-in-law's bet, one of his best friends at his wedding. Wait, not his own wedding. So it was my brother-in-law's wedding. Good. (laughs) Yes. And it was really small. And, um, I was like, the wedding was awful. My husband should have been there. It was so sad. And then I was like, I'm just going to drink too much and have a really good time. And that's what I did. And I, I have told the story in the podcast a few times, but basically like dancing all night long. And then I turned to him and I'm just like, I really want to make out with you. I'm not going to sleep with you, but I'd love to make out with you. And he's just like, okay, (laughs) deal. He was like, let's do that. (laughs) (laughs) So after that happened, did you have a whole flood of emotions kind of when you oh, were yeah. back in your, your right mind? What yes. were those like? I mean, I felt sort of euphoric actually, because after going through, it was like 10 months in and after, mm-hmm. you know how it is those, that first year, those first months, it's like, you're, you can hardly breathe sort of. And, and then this thing happened and I felt like, oh my God, I can feel happiness. I didn't know I could still feel that. And he and I stayed in touch for like a month. He is long distance. It was never going to be a real thing. Um, But I told him so many times, like, you're teaching me that I'm, there's hope for me in feeling like love and joy and excitement again. So that's kind of what kicked it off. I wasn't planning it. Yeah. Did you have any feelings of like, what did I just do? No. Or no. Okay. No, like no guilt, no, like any, any of those feelings did not happen. No, I think I'm supposed to say yes, but the answer is no. Okay, good. (laughs) I think it is really common for people to have those feelings of betrayal and guilt and comparison and feeling like it's not right to do those things. Yeah. So, So I'm not saying I didn't feel any of that. Like, 
in the dating process and in like further down the line, there's a lot of um, feeling like you're cheating Mm -hmm. and comparison is inevitable, I think. But that first really sexy makeout session, no, I ate it up. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't didn't look back. Okay. So that's what that's what maybe led you into it. Tell us, tell us how it went after that. Yeah. So that opened the floodgates. It did. And I was again, so now we were at like, I don't know, the end of March. I was gonna wait till the one year mark to even put myself out there. It's like such an arbitrary thing, you Mm -hmm. know, but I had it in my mind. But then after that, I was just like, this is too much fun. I I I loved the companionship of like texting him after and having somebody to talk to and so I was like, I'm just going to do it. Why not? It's the spring. It feels like dating season, and, um, which I know is ridiculous. Also arbitrary, but okay. I know. Yeah. I know. It's like the weather gets nice, you know, so you want to go out and do stuff. Yeah. My cousin is like a lifelong online dater. So she was an excellent advisee for me or advisor to me. Oh. Um, so she like helps me kind of craft my profile and. Um, she'd give me feedback and like at the beginning when I had no idea what I was doing, she was my person where I'd like send screenshots and be like, what do I say to this? How do I handle this? Cause it's like a whole another language speaking online dating world. Yeah. It's like it's an ecosystem unto itself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And my husband and I like, didn't even text each other. I mean, we did like in 2020, but when we were dating, you know, it was just all conversations and phone and. And you didn't, you just met each other organically. It wasn't like you had to look for each other. Um, So the, the makeout buddy. Yeah. Did you guys enter into kind of a relationship for a while? For like a month. We did a lot of Marco Polo. Uh Uh-huh. Video chats and some texting. Um, Like when I say a lot of Marco Polo is a lot like back and forth kind of all day long for about a month. Um, but he does not believe in monogamy, this guy. So I just knew it was not going to be a thing for me. Yeah. Okay. So was there an official breakup? Um, we did meet up one time after that. We like went hiking together. We kind of met somewhere in the middle. We live about three hours away and I thought it was going to be like, like round two, let's go steamy makeout session in the woods. Yes, please. And it was not like that at all. It was like great conversation and we talked and it was nice, but um, there was really like no kissing, no chemistry. Mm-hmm. So after that, I was just like, this wasn't quite what I expected. And we know this isn't going to be a thing in the long run anyway. So I think it's time to like move on. <laughs> I'm super curious to know how that felt. Did it bring up more feelings of loss or not? Because it was never going to be a thing. Yeah, I could tell he was, I mean, there was, that was helpful that I knew it was never going to be a thing. And he was like my, my husband, my dead husband's brother's best friend. So (laughs) it was too complicated, you know? So there was a little relief in letting go of it. Um, I can talk to you about breakup. Uh, Like this wasn't really it, but I have had breakup pain since my husband died. It was just not with Tell us about that. Cause this is kind of like the ripoff is that you feel like you're with your forever person. 
Yeah. You're thrown back into this world where you have to decide, A, am I going to try and date? B, when am I going to try and date? And then you might not find a person who you might not find a person at all. And then you might find jerk peoples. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. Um, sorry, I'm reading this. <laughs> Mel says, and this is why I am a disaster. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for sure. And okay. So, I mean, my, my breakup story comes after the sort of like the rest of my stuff, but we can talk about it now if you want to. I don't even know. Okay. What's, what's the rest of your stuff? Well, because like... then I like got online, you know? Oh yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Tell, take us through that. How did you, how did you go about trying to like date seriously, not just find people to make out with at weddings? Yeah. <laughs> um, I wasn't seeking that out. By the way. <laughs> no, I'm, just kidding. I'm accusing um, you of that. Yes. I did like, you know, I got on two or three different apps and just started swiping and started conversations. And my cousin, who I like to call Coach Cuz, she um, she was like, if you're going to get a babysitter, try to line up like two, three, four dates at a time if you can, because she's like, you're going to spend the money, you know, within like 30 seconds if you're going to like this person or not. So just wow, get out there. And I was like, that's crazy and probably a good idea. That stresses me out so much to think about like the prospect of not just having to gird my loins for one person, but like four people in a row. And what happens if you are having a good time with one of them? Do you just like text the other one and be like, I'm not going to make it? I think I could have. Yeah. Yeah, I guess in theory. So I did that the first night I did, I could only set up two. So I did two dates the first night Um, and then like kind of dated multiple people for like a month or so, you know, I probably went on like, I don't know, seven to 10 dates, maybe. Um, some of which I did zoom calls first. Cause I, you know, it's like baby, you got to get a babysitter. It's a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but then one weekend, my brother-in-law, same brother-in-law took the kids for 24 hours, like for a sleepover. And I was like, here we go. <laughs> so I set up four dates in those 24 hours. Um, one was a, a dinner date. It was a second di- date, which was a dinner date. One was an overnight date with, um, the only other guy I slept with since my husband died. And then one was with my current boyfriend. And then one was with some other random guy. Um, I, I don't know about you, the people listening right now, but I feel like, you must be really attractive or something because I feel like a lot of people don't find themselves matching with so many people. So was this because the cousin was very good at coaching you or like, why, why are you so popular with the men? I think I'm the one though, who is always like, let's just meet, you know, Uh like I, I don't want to like talk and talk and talk on the dating apps because I feel like you lose people's personality. Like, you lose the nuance of conversation through text and it's so tricky. So yeah. I would always encourage people or like, I would just put it out there and say like, Hey, I'm Let's... free Friday night. Do you want to just grab dinner or not dinner? I would never do dinner unless it was a second date. You want to grab a drink or go for a yeah. walk or whatever. Do you live in a place like a high population place? Are there a yeah. lot of people around you? So okay. many. Okay. I know that's a huge thing. 
Cause yeah. I feel like there's thousands of people to choose from here. And like people in small towns are like, I keep seeing the same 12 guys over and over. <laughs> and their profile picture just changes. And it's like, no, still no. Or they go still away no. for like three months and then they're back on. Yeah. 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 Oh my goodness. So it's, you had success. Did you have like some terrible failure also? Um, so the first date I ever went on, I actually just told this story on my Patreon the other day. He um, was like such a nice guy and lovely. And all of his profile pictures were very mountainy, which is attractive to me. And he was like, one shirt, one picture was like, no shirt, muscles. He had a chainsaw. He was like cutting what? stuff down. <laughs> I was like, okay. Why would you have a chainsaw in your profile picture? Okay. Well, he was going. like showing that he cuts wood, you know? Yeah. And oh yeah, it was. I was like, okay. But then <laughs> the second I met him, I was like, oh, no, not what I thought. And he was a very savvy texter. It was like very suggestive and it was all very sexy. But then after one drink, I was like, I was like, I'm pretty sure this guy maybe just hasn't come to terms with the fact that he's gay and I'm not going to be the one to tell him. And so that was interesting. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's an assumption I'm making, of course. Yeah. But the vibes were very. There. They were there. So there was that. And then I did have one really disastrous man. Tell us. So, okay. The only other guy that I slept with besides my boyfriend, um, we had one fun night, which I will say I was like a pouncing tiger. He was like, maybe we should wait. And I was like, no, 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 no. Let's no, go. Rawr. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so we had this great, very sexy night. My first experience was really good. Um, like, again, I didn't feel too much guilt or anything. It was just, it was really nice. And I thought he was a really nice guy. Um, but then we like got into this weird fight on the phone and we had been talking for like maybe two weeks. Where he was like, I asked if he wanted to talk on the phone that night. He's like, I told you I was with my family. What do you think I'm going to drop everything for you? And I was like, I immediately was just like, I don't need this. Like, I don't even know you. I'm not going to fight with you. So like, this was lovely. Thank you. And bye-bye. But then for reasons that I'm not going to explain on a public podcast, I reached back out to him. And I think we can all wink at each other uh-huh. and know what those reasons were. Just to say we're good. And um, anyway, whatever. He was like, I miss you. I would love to see you again. And I was like, I mean, the sex was good. <laughs> so I would do that one more time. Like, that would be fun. Before you cut him loose. <laughs> I mean, that's like as as like detached as I could be as a human, really. I really want like connected relationship but um I was up for that and so I told him that and then which we did that was one of the four dates and then um I told him that week hey just so you know because he had started texting me again a lot and I said hey just so you know I'm also seeing a couple other people and like we like didn't specifically talk about that but you know we're both on the dating apps and whatever and he's like you're such a bitch. He's like, you're bipolar. And he's like, you're a horrible human being. 
Oh my gosh. Like you're laughing about that right now. And, and it is your personality one that you can take that and just be like, whatever, or did that really sting? So that, I mean, that would put me like, I would be in the closet, not able to talk to anybody for three months. Yeah. I mean, I think like I was already emotionally pretty detached from that guy because Mm -hmm. like, you know, I knew I really just wanted to, this is terrible. Like it's really not pre pre me would have never done this, but like, (laughs) I just really wanted to have sex with him, um, which I did. And then, so I was sort of like, he just ranted and ranted about how horrible I was. And I was just like, you don't even know me and, you know, have a good life. Um, I was more just in shock, you know, um, but one of those four dates is also my current boyfriend. (laughs) So So that was your success. So was, yeah. Um, in the middle of all of this, you started a podcast, right? Was it in the middle of this or what, at what point in time did you decide (laughs) we need a podcast on this topic? Well, okay. So I was listening, you know, um, Dana Frost and Mira Simone, Mm -hmm. they do, they did those grief chats a while ago. So I was watching those and they were talking about how, um, they did one on sex and dating and, and they were talking about how like really not a lot of people talk about it and people feel a lot of shame and guilt and all of that. And I was like, well, I'm, I'm dating, like I could talk about it, you know? So I, I think it was September of last year that I was just like, I'll just put out like one thought a day as an experience, like what I'm going through. Cause it's such a roller coaster, you know, every single day seemed to be a different emotion of like, wow, this is incredible to like, what the F bomb am I doing? <laughs> and, um, so I started the Instagram page first and then people really just started reaching out to me to ask like questions or to share their experiences. And I realized like how much colors your approach to dating from your previous life and, Mm -hmm. you know, and so many things like what your marriage was like, where you live, what your child situation is. Um, So I figured like my story can only help so many people, but getting everybody's story so like everybody has something that they can hear that sort of sounds like them. Right. Um, so anyway, I think I decided in like December, I was going to do the podcast and then launched in March and tell us what it's called. Oh, it's called dating after death. <laughs> and I just try to interview a wide variety of people with different stories. Yeah. I mean, that sounds familiar to me, I think. Yes, I know. <laughs> I think I had listened to one of your <clears throat> one of your episodes and then like circled back really recently like last yeah. month or the month before and started like binging the two of you and I was like oh my <laughs> gosh Excellent. we're basically doing the same thing except well you know niched. what yeah what's so interesting is that you know our podcast started about nine months after my husband died and if you listen to it from the beginning you can really see the journey that we've gone through and um it's interesting that just in the last little while, have we really 
started to seek out people who are talking specifically about dating. And I think that's a reflection of where we are to a certain extent. It is also because our listeners, this is a topic that they want to, that they want to talk about as well. But yeah, you know, I'm, I'm not somebody, I'm not interested in dating at all. And I'm almost four years out. So yeah. there's a huge spectrum of where people are. And I think you're totally right. So much of it goes into air. So much of it is, is reflective of your experience with your spouse or your partner and where you live and your culture and your kids and all of those things play, play a big part in, in how you go forward. But there's so much judgment that goes along with it from people outside. Like people might look at me and say, I'm stuck right? I'm not moving on. I'm not moving. I'm not moving forward because I just want to live my life alone for the rest of my life. And people might look at you and be like, oh, she must not have loved her husband very much because she made out with a guy after 10 months. Yeah. Do you feel like I, I know I'm not supposed to be asking the questions, but you can do it. (laughs) Do you feel like people like I'm always battling with, are people actually saying that those things, or is it just like in our heads that we're assuming people are thinking Uh these things? Oh, that's such a good question because I have been in my own head very, very professionally in the last (laughs) little while. (laughs) And I think that for me, I don't think people are actually saying that. I, yeah. And I haven't had any experiences where people have actually come up and talked to me about it at all. Some people will ask every once in a while, you know, are you opposed to dating? Do you ever see yourself being, you know, in a relationship again? But not a lot of judgment have I been face to face with. So, yeah. I mean, that's the only that's the only thing I can talk to specifically because otherwise I don't know what people are saying. Right. Yeah. 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 Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to know. I, I always feel like I'm just judging it based on like what I used to think before I was a widow about people. Right. That's such an interesting idea to think what your pre-death self would think of you now. Like, Ugh. oh, wow. What I a floozy. So hard. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I would like to say I wouldn't like, oh, I wasn't a judgmental person, but I would have definitely had opinions about it. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, I would have, would probably wouldn't have said anything, but I would have thought like, wow, she moved on quick. Yeah. Do you, here's a super secret question. Mm-hmm. Do you still think that to yourself ever about people? Ooh, yes. Okay. <laughs> I, yeah. I do too. And I have to talk to myself yeah. out of it, you know, and say like, you don't, you don't know. Um, do you feel like there is such a thing as dating too early? Oh, that's a good question. I don't like to have an opinion <laughs> about it because I like to be neutral, but I guess my only my only real thought on that is like I think it's really important people are like doing their own work. Mm-hmm. And that, I don't I think you can be in relationship and do work. Like, you know, I have some friends on Instagram who got into relationships very quickly after their spouse died. And it's been really beautiful to watch because they just build this new life together and they're healing to the healing is happening in partnership instead of alone. And they have a support person through that. And so I think that's really nice. Um, More frequently, I think about, the differences between the way men and women handle 
all of this and the societal expectations and um it's just there seem the trend seems to be that men are more quick to jump back into relationship and um than women are um and i don't know i have like endless questions about why that is and i don't know <laughs> yeah that's that's a, that's an interesting topic we talk about that a, lo- a lot is it actually the case that they do and or is it just our perception are we more aware of it there's less widowers total you know are we watching them more carefully but that's how that's my perception too is that they generally find their way back into relationships more quickly yeah mel mel's in stabbing mode right now yeah yeah that's right that's okay yeah it's totally okay so do you feel like there are ways to know that you are or are not ready to date um i think like people ask me this a lot you know, yeah. how do you know when you're ready or how far out were you? Um, I don't know if, if you did this early on, but I like on Instagram, like always want to know, like I would scroll back through people's thing. Okay. When did their person die? How far out are they? How do I compare? It's like this dangerous game that I played mm-hmm. for a long time. I don't know if there's really like a way to know. I just think if you feel like you want to try it, just try it is kind of where my head is at and if it feels icky and horrible then take a step back and wait a little bit longer or you know I don't know I think there's a there seems to be a general worry that like I don't feel ready and so I don't think I should put myself out there Mm -hmm. um and part of me just feels like I'm not sure you're ever gonna feel ready that's an interesting Um, yeah and maybe you're just not. And then you will know that once you go on a date and you're like, it's going to ah! feel weird, but <laughs> yeah. Whenever we talk about dating, it gives me such anxiety because I just hear all of the crazy stories. And I just think to myself, there's no possible way that I would ever find anybody who would be as good as my husband was, mm. you know? And also I think like who would be crazy enough to take on the circus that I am now like because I'm not just me the circus I'm me plus four kids the circus and and also there's a piece of me that doesn't want to open up my life and my kids especially to somebody else do you know what I'm saying like I have kids who are hard they are a lot of energy and a lot of craziness and I just do not think I could deal with anybody judging them or trying to parent them or mm-hmm. trying to correct them in any way, I would just go mama bear all mm-hmm. over them. Yeah. And then they would end up the victim of a true crime documentary. No, <laughs> which wouldn't be good. I have so many questions for you about that. Oh, ask. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just am wondering like, if, if you really, and maybe this is the case, like if you really don't ever see yourself being repartnered again, or if like the fear and the worry is stopping you from envisioning that. Yeah. Um, my current status or my current feeling about that is that I am not, I am not saying that that's never going to happen. And I can't like see myself in 10 years being repartnered, but it would have to happen in a way that was organic is how I feel about it now. Like I am not going to seek it out it's not something that I miss. It's not something that I pine about. Um, 
you know, I'm not, I've never been tempted to download a dating app or to like, just see what's out there. Zero, zero percent of that. So, you know, if I happen to meet somebody at the grocery store, maybe, but yeah, you know, that's yeah. never say never, but totally. And I think a lot of people feel that way. Yeah. And a lot of people find themselves in new relationships. So it's not like it's impossible, but it just feels very impossible. Like all the yeah. people out there are crazy and that's probably biased. They're not actually. But. <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. So maybe some of them are. Yeah. And that is scary. Mm, I mean, have you ever is. felt, did you ever have a sense of fear over what you might find? Or are you just like, no, like I'm, I'm confident to take on whatever, whatever happens. So I don't, I'm not a person who carries a lot of like fear or anxiety mm-hmm. as a human. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, I feel like I, I tried to educate myself about like what to look out for, you know, in terms of scammers or, things like that. Like, you know, I had like profiles that are too good to be true or, um, guys anybody... holding chainsaws. <laughs> yeah. Maybe looking back, <laughs> I shouldn't have. I think that's so funny because I'm like that, that is like true crime. Like then he was holding a chainsaw and then he murdered me. Okay. Anyway, keep going. Uh, what was I saying? Oh, red flags. Like, Oh, if like, if guys want to get off the app really quickly, you know, mm-hmm. like right away, red flag, or obviously like, I was just telling this group of widows today, like anybody who wants to date you seriously or is interested in you as a romantic partner is not asking you for money. Like, don't give anybody your money ever. Don't do that. Yeah. Um, I said, I just, I've been together with my boyfriend for a year and a half now, and I just got his cell phone passcode. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like you mm-hmm. just, you have to build trust. It takes a while to build trust with people. Yeah. So it's, it's so disheartening because like, there are so many people out there trying to get, they're trying to scam you. And it just makes me so angry because it's like, haven't we had enough in our lives and you're going to come after us now? Yeah. I don't think it's that hard to detect though. Yeah. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I feel that way too. But then you hear these stories of it happening and you're like, that person was an intelligent person. Like, how did that, how did that happen? I mean, I kind of get a kick out of the people who try to be my Instagram friend and I'm like, oh yeah, I totally buy it. Hi. (laughs) Oh yeah. This is not a dating app. Oh, yeah. and they're, and they're obviously not that person. I don't know. And you I'm have like, no game anyway. <laughs> you're a ship captain. Oh, fun. <laughs> you know, you're a silly. pilot mm-hmm. and you're interested in me. You're a four-star you're general. Like, yeah. Yes. <laughs> you're a doctor of medical surgery. Yes. You have four posts and zero followers. Uh-huh. You seem legit. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about how your relationship with your current boyfriend has gone has been yeah. going is he a widower or is he a, is he a divorced person he's or is divorced he... okay so yeah. i'm curious about the dynamic between the two types of loss yeah um okay so our first date was really great we went hiking and which again in retrospect i'm like i mean i did tell people like i'm going to this forest preserve and <laughs> he did not bring his chainsaw right no this chainsaws time. Okay. this time um but like, I'm a big proponent of active dates. Cause when you're sitting at a table, the only thing you have to talk about is like, 
I don't know, your life. There's no like distractions really, except mm-hmm. other people walking by. It's like, do something. There's more to talk about if it gets hard. Anyway, great conversation. Um, but he lives like an hour away. So I was also seeing a couple other people at the time. So I texted him the next day and I was like, Hey, it was such a great date. I really loved it, but I don't know. We live an hour away. Is this even worth it? And he's like, I don't mind driving. I had a great time with you. I'd like to see you again. I was like, okay. Um, but then I went out of town for like a month, about two weeks later. And I just figured it would sort of fizzle. Like we had fun and we went on several dates before that, but, um, it didn't, he like kept in touch. And, and by the time I got back, it was like a huge road trip I took with my kids. By the time I got back, we were like exclusive (laughs) and, um, it was good, but like, it was good. And also every single day I was like, what am I doing? What am I doing with this guy? What am I doing with my life? Is he the right person for me? Is there somebody better out there? Um, we're really different. We like, he, he grew up on the other side of the world and his faith background is different than mine. And like, he would not be friends with my husband if they met, Interesting. Um, which that, that piece really bugged me for a long time. Um, I just felt like, who am I? And would I even get hit? my husband's approval? Do I need it? Do I? Yeah. I don't know. Is that something you would want? I don't even know. You know, when people are like, I'm sure your husband is looking down on you mm-hmm. and he's so happy. I hate that. I'm just going <laughs> to. I hate the, it. The vomit noise. Yeah. Because I'm like, first of all, he wouldn't have wanted to watch my children and I suffer like that in mm-hmm. those days after the year after the years after he died and then like to have him watching me dating Ugh. do you do you have a belief in the afterlife i do yeah okay so you do imagine him being like watching all of this no i don't i oh. imagine him being blissfully in heaven distracted by things way cooler a- than my angel life. things okay yeah mm-hmm. okay yeah okay interesting So, yeah, I mean, like while all that was happening, it was a lot of questions and doubts and um, simultaneously so much fun. Like he's a he's he's funny and he like he's an active guy. We do so many fun things together. We've traveled together. Um, Last August, he was like, hey, there are five hundred dollar round trip tickets to Dubai. Want to go? And I was like, you've got to be kidding. I'm what did you do with your kids? Um, <laughs> so, yeah, eventually I said yes, because $500 to Dubai. Yeah. Yes. Um, I for that one, my cousin came in and Does she, she want to come to my him. house in May. Yes. Mel, <laughs> you're in Utah. Maybe I want to come to your house. <gasps> We're trying to yes. plan a trip right now. <laughs> you are. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I've, I think I've. I've heard you talk on the podcast about this before. And I'm like, maybe I could go out there and babysit. <laughs> Mel will stalk you now. Cause she's like, Anita, we have to find somebody to watch your kids. Cause she just wants to leave all the time. Now she is yeah. also in fight or flight and flighting. So and anyway, does Mel going. have kids? Mel, do you have kids? No. Okay. Three dogs, no children. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I mean, even like leading up to that Dubai trip, I was kind of like, I don't know. I'm just feeling so unsure. Maybe we'll get through the trip because I really want to go to Dubai. <laughs> and then if I'm going to break up with him, I'll do it after. 
Otherwise I'll stick it out. And afterwards I had, I had been saving all these really big conversations I wanted to have till after that trip. Cause I uh-huh. didn't, you didn't want to jeopardize ruin it. Yeah. the trip and the trip was amazing. But then we got back and I was like, Oh my God, shoot. Now I like, I'm like seriously in love with this guy. And now I need to talk to him about like marriage and moving in together and, and religion and kids and like all this stuff. And, um, I was just like, let's go, let's do the next things. Even though it like, didn't really feel necessarily right. Um, so I asked him if he thought marriage would ever be on the table. And he was like, I really love you. This is not about you, but I never want to get married again. And, um, we had several subsequent conversations about it and he slow faded. Interesting. Yeah. And, um, it was really, really painful. Like, because even though I was uncertain about him, I was still in love with him. And, um, he had become my best friend for like six or eight months, you know, and it was really, really, really hard. And then finally, because he was like slow fading, I sent him a message and I was like, it really just kind of seems like you don't want to be dating me anymore. Are, are we breaking up? And he was like, I guess so. (laughs) Yeah. But then, so then it was a real, it was like a month of really, really hard. I mean, I felt like I was right back in the beginning of super deep grief because it's like compounding, you know, you're already grieving and that stuff doesn't go away just because you're in a relationship. and And you feel like you've got this good thing. And then it gets taken away from you also. And you're like, why can't I just have one good thing? Why can't I just have yeah, this just go right? And then it yeah. doesn't. And the person that you're like texting with all the time is now vanished again. And and then I was just talking to a girlfriend about this, or I was doing an interview about this today where it's really hard because when your husband died, he's gone. And even though you really want to text him, you cannot, and he's dead. So you really can't, but now we're talking about like having to have willpower and Mm. restraint, which is not easy when you're weak already. And like knowing this person is out there and existing, but is choosing not to be with you is hard. Yeah. But then somehow, oh yeah. So I had a like legit reason to reach out to him about a month later and I needed his advice on something that really only he could advise me on. And I called and he was like, oh my God, I miss you so much. And I was just traveling and all I could do is think of you and I really want to see you. And I was leaving for the summer with my kids and um, he asked if we could see each other before that. And I said, yes. And I decided I was going to just like go and enjoy that night without bringing up all the things. I was just like, yes, I miss you too. Let's see each other. It'll be great. It was. And then we decided, and we talked about, he talked about like, Hey, maybe I'll come visit you and the kids this summer. Cause we had gone to Spain for the summer. He said, maybe I'll come over and spend some days. And I was like, that sounds great. Yeah. But... Yeah. So then the next day I was just like, I need to know what happened. Like, like that hurt. It was really painful. And he was just like, I, he's like, I love you too much. And you are too wonderful of a person for me to 
um, get in the way of what you wanted. And you told me you wanted to get married and I was not going to be the person who stood in the way of you getting everything you want in life, especially after going through something so hard. He's like, so the only way out I could see was to like, to step out of it and allow you to like, go find someone else, which I thought was sort of the best possible response. (laughs) Um, And I believed him, you know, I know that that's what really what, what it was about. And it has been um, all systems go since and like really have committed in like a really beautiful and all in sort of way with him. And um, yeah, I feel like he and I really both don't know what the future holds. Like, will we, I have some plans that will prevent any sort of moving in anytime in the future, but like. You said that I and can't. I thought you meant like you had planned it like on intentionally, but oh, I don't think that's what you meant. No, 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 no. I just like, oh, interesting. There are some life changes coming up for my family. And, um, but like, I can't say that won't happen at some mm-hmm. point. And I don't know, trying to just realize that, like, I don't know all the plans right now and that's okay. Yeah. Which is a hard place to be. So how did it go with your kids? How did you introduce them? How do you introduce them? Or did you introduce them to people who you were dating? Like when, or if did you even talk to them about that, about that possibility? And then how did it go with your current boyfriend when he stepped away? Like, how did you talk to him about that? Um, I did not, they had no idea I was dating at all. Um, until like, six months into he and I being together. Mm-hmm. And then I just had a conversation with them where it kind of came up naturally. I can't remember exactly, but like this whole story is on my Instagram page somewhere. Um, but, you know, I, I think I said something to them like, oh, I know what it was. My, my son asked me, um, who's your favorite who's your favorite little boy in the whole world? You know? And I was like, you buddy. He's like, if you could have any son, who would it be? And I described him. If you could have any daughter, who would it be? And I described my daughter. If you could have any husband, who would it be? And he said, and it can't be daddy. And I said, yeah, yes, I was already married to daddy. And he was so wonderful. And I said, do you mean like, if I were to find somebody sort of new to love, what would he be like? And he was like, yeah. So it was like, he was sort of you know, I feel like they could sort of smell it in the air that something was different. <laughs> like um, sharks in the water. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, so I just like described some qualities and then I talked to them about how, or I asked them, so if I've been spending time, like more time sort of in a romantic way with somebody else, would you like to know that? And they said, yeah, mom, no secrets. And I was like, okay, so then I do, they had met him like sort of, this is a whole story, but like sort of accidentally for a few hours and we just played it off like we were friends. So I said, um, so if I've been spending more time with him, you'd like to know that. And they said, yeah. And I said, okay, well, we do spend time together sometimes when we're not with you. And they said, when, how do you do that? When do you see him? I was like, well, you know, sometimes on my day off of work or sometimes if I'm a magician babysitter. Yeah, Yeah, seriously. Um, And then I just talked to them about how, like, 
their dad taught me how to love and how to be in a really beautiful marriage and how I wanted a romantic partnership again like that one day. And I said, you know, love's really important in life and it's a different kind of love than you get from your friends or your children. And, you know, I want that again. And so I'm going to spend some time working on that and trying to find that for myself and for us as a family. So there is a little bonus podcast episode too, where I talk to them about him. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. Um, they've been really good about it. I almost think that there's a, there's a time period that kids are more malleable to the idea of a new person in your life. And I think it only gets harder. How old are your kids? So my oldest is 15. No, she's 16. And my youngest is six. And the younger ones I think would be totally fine. But the older ones who have more memories of their dad, who have more ideas of what marriage even means are very opposed to that. And Mm -hmm. I, and we talked to lots and lots of our listeners who have teenage daughters in particular, who really, really struggle with the idea of their parent dating. And also the idea of a relationship is like, can cause world war three in the Mm -hmm. house. And that's a, that's a real, that's a real issue. I talked to my daughter at length about this too, and kind of why that is. And, you know, the reasons are valid that they have. And it's, so it's really, it's just hard. It's just so stupid hard. What are the, what are some of the things she said? So for instance, one of the things she um, talked about was the idea of somebody having authority over her that she doesn't have a, a, a say in picking like yeah. somebody who is going to be in charge of her or who gets to make decisions for her. And she has no consent in saying, yes, I want this person in my life. Yeah. And I'm like, that's, you know, that's a valid thing to say because it's a relationship that I'm in, but my children are also going to be in that relationship to a certain extent also. Yeah. And I hadn't thought that through before I talked to her and I was like, oh, yeah, I, I was ready to like explain to her why it would be okay, you know, and why it was mm-hmm. okay to love more than one person. And she was like, yeah, I know all that mom, but also, you know, I'm yeah. not choosing this person. You're choosing this person and I will be, have a relationship with this person and it won't be of my own choice. And I was like, dang it, you're right. So, yeah. Although I think like for sure, that's true. Also, I think like there's an assumption there that it wouldn't go well mm-hmm. and maybe that if the parent is choosing a human to interact with their kids, that it would be somebody that they would trust, you know, and that they would build up relationship enough over enough time that it would make sense. Like even I'm noticing, you know, my boyfriend and I, we don't have plans to move in together. We're like, we're parenting our own kids right now and we're growing together and learning from each other. But like, he's not parenting my kids in Mm -hmm. any way. Yeah. Um, But I'm like, maybe in a few years when they, really know and love and trust each other, then it will feel natural and not like something that's just like put on them, like some outsider, you know, mm-hmm. it'll feel like he's been naturally rolled into the family. Yeah. And I that's think there's a, I think there's a definite fear basis for not even being willing to, to, tr- you know, see if somebody would mesh with her, you know, it's like, no, absolutely not. There's no chance that that's going to happen, which I think we as widows sometimes have, have that feeling about other people. Like I expressed that like five minutes ago, right? Like there's no chance there's going to be anybody who's going to be 
wonderful. So yeah, it's just really interesting. <laughs> it's a hard, it's a hard dynamic to try and to try and juggle that all at the same time. You know, yeah. the feelings of others and your feelings and the, you know, partners and, feelings kids and all those things. And, yeah. yeah. Once again. Bah! Yeah. I <laughs> mean, one of the things we talked about in this, in this group today was like that I'm just noticing, like, we didn't talk a lot about his divorce at the beginning or sort of the difficulty of going through that. But like the closer he and I get, the more I see like, oh, we're both really broken when we met each other, mm -hmm. you know, and we're like figuring this out together. And it it's not like it's just me who has baggage or ba I'm like using that in air quotes because I don't really think it's baggage, but like trauma, yeah, you know, for sure. He has a lot of stuff to work through too. And well, I think that you are a super uber adult because <laughs> all of the stories you've told, Thanks. you've been able to communicate really openly and upfront and not get really worried about having those conversations. And so I think that's really served you well, because Thanks. like a lot of the things you've said, I'd be like, Oh, I don't even know if I can have that conversation. And you just <laughs> were like, yeah, I'm going to have this conversation because it needs to be done. So get over it well, guys. So I don't know. <laughs> um, do you Thank want to you. tell us where we can find your podcast and your yes. Instagram? Yes. Yes. Everything is just at dating after death. So that's what the podcast is called. And that's what the Instagram page is called. And I talk to men and women every single day about their dating life. So if you've got questions, you don't put out a podcast every day, do you? Oh God, no. Oh, no. okay. For half but, a second, I was like, what? Oh my God. No, I still have a job. I mean, okay. it's only part-time, but no, this is yeah. time consuming. Um, Tell me about it. I know. Are you guys working other jobs? Yeah. Well, yes, I'm part-time too. And Mel okay. is a, Mel is a musician. So she just works oh, like awesome. a thousand different jobs all at once. Yeah. And like okay. has everything going all at the same time. So, oh yes. Okay. So go check yes. out her podcast. If you guys want to learn and be in that dating realm and really get into that and dive deep. Cause I think it's really helpful for a lot of people. And I think it's helpful for people who are like me too, who aren't like really, I've listened to a bunch of your podcasts just so you know, just so oh. you feel like, so Thanks. I think it's interesting <laughs> and yeah, I think it can help a lot of people. Um, Miss, Miss McGillicuddy, we have one final question for you. <laughs> yeah. I think I get to ask it because Mel is still like just terrible. Yeah. And that question is, what is your favorite cheese? Oh, hmm. What's my favorite cheese? <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. I love it. Um, I Gouda came to mind. It's a popular I, one. I was just in Amsterdam. They're really big on Gouda. <sighs> yeah. So I guess I'm going with Gouda. Although I love Chihuahua cheese too. What is Chihuahua cheese? It's like a Mexican cheese. From and the region of Chihuahua? Melts amazingly well in some quesadillas. Okay. I'm a fan of that. I've never it's heard of it before, but I'm really willing to try good. it. <laughs> I should have started with Chihuahua cheese. <laughs> and it's fun to say. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope everybody listening has found this to be very helpful. Make sure you check out the Widow Wives Club. It's our private Facebook group. Make sure you answer all the questions and don't get mad at us about it because we're just trying to keep you safe from all the scammer people. If you want to keep the podcast going, check out our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash WWDN. 
This is where Mel says, if you want to buy us tacos, go to buymeacoffee.com slash widow we do now. And if none of those things work, will you give us a rating and review? Will you give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify? And until we get to talk to you again, I'm Anita. Mel, what are you doing? (laughs) This is Mel. And this is our secret guest who is actually the only adult in the room. I can say it. I'm Mel. (laughs) Yeah. I'm really here. I've been here the whole time, but you know. Okay. Anyway, back to you. (laughs) We're all just trying to figure out. Widow. Do. We. Do. Now. Now. Perfect. This is my favorite thing to discuss with you. Tell me, what is it? One of my favorite things. I do enjoy tacos and cheese and dogs. This is about how you cannot pay hundreds and hundreds of dollars for a phone plan, especially when you're a widow, your person is dead, you might have kids, you might need another option, and you just want your phone to work, you want unlimited texting and service, and you want it to be like 25 bucks a month. It blows my mind that they have plans that start at $15 a month. That is so cheap. And the cool thing is, is it uses other 5G networks. And so you don't have to pay extra for that. And you still get great service. Yep. Anita and I have traveled all over and I have used my phone. So I highly recommend it. And my mom's even on it. When my dad died, we put his phone down to the cheapest plan, which is $15 a month. And I think my mom's on the $20 a month plan and it's so worth it. It's so much cheaper than what we were all paying before. So I highly recommend it if you're on a budget or not, who cares? Ryan Reynolds is in charge of the company and they send you free stickers with Ryan Reynolds temporary tattoos. It's kind of the best. So. If somebody wants to sign up, what can they do, Anita? Go to trymintmobile.com slash WWDN. Seriously, you guys, such a great idea. Save yourself some money. And if you're worried about losing data or having any changes with your phone, not going to happen. They walk you through it. Everything's fine. It's the easiest process of all time. Again, that's trymintmobile.com slash WWDN.